everyone. Welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. So I made it out to the field again last week. You did. And I really meant to, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you had all the intentions I did. To. I really did. But, uh, you know, biking, you know, once again, got in the way of my flying. Doggone. Yeah. Well, you know what I say to that. I know. I know. Hang up the pedals and <laughs> get out the airplanes. I yeah. And I plan on doing that. Soon. <laughs> not not hanging up the pedals, I mean, but going flying. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk I'll, about your I'll believe trip it when I see it. Well, no. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of nice. Like right now we're, by we, I mean my wife is on a, on a little break from her school stuff. Mm-hmm. So things have calmed down just a little bit. A little bit. So yeah. there's been time to kind of catch up on things that we want to do. Well, not necessarily we, that I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, she's got her own it's, stuff she's working yeah, it's on. It's all about That's you. Fine. So... I, Thank you. I mean, I've been trying to tell her that for years, and she won't listen. Maybe when we're done with this, you can go up and I'll tell her. Tell her that. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be met okay. with a, uh, <laughs> a very positive uh, response. <laughs> go over like a lead balloon. Lead balloon. Um, but anyway, so with stuff slowing down a little bit, you know, I've been able to make it out to the field more, and I've enjoyed it. Right. So it's yeah. it's fun. I mean, it's really been a long time since I've had the time to go out and do what I want to do mm-hmm. without being on a time crunch yeah. and without I have to hurry home to do other things. Right. Yep. So, yeah, I took the E-Flight air tractor out again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. There's a but coming. I, it's nice, but. Well, I flew it <laughs> last weekend. Right. And it just, it was okay. Like it, it, it just kind of felt twitchy. It just felt, you know, it wasn't quite... Yeah. As smooth as I would expect. So for our listeners who may not be familiar, the E-Flight air tractor is foam. Yes. And electric. Which the electric part I'm cool with. <laughs> but the foam, yeah. it's okay. I mean, let's be honest. It's a good looking well, airplane. So, But it looks like a foam airplane. Not. Okay. So they did some things right with it. Okay. I'll, I'll say that first off. So there's panel lines mm-hmm. on the wings. Molded in. Molded in panel lines. And the cool thing is that first panel line that goes all the way down the wing, that's the CG mark. Handy. I mean, that's perfect. Yeah, like, handy. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. What they didn't do right. So it's easy to transport because when you unplug the wings, mm-hmm. literally you're unplugging the wing, you're unplugging the... Yeah, um, the connectors the, are built into the, yeah, to the connection points. Of the wing. <laughs> like the, the servo connectors and all that, they're built into that. Yeah. To that so when you unplug interface. that, you don't have extra wires that right. you have to, to <clears throat> do and undo and all that, which is which is nice. However, mm-hmm. the tiny, tiny screws that <laughs> hold the wing on yeah. are a pain to get in and out. Well, in's not bad, but are a pain to get out. Yeah. So much so, you have, like, even when you have it completely unscrewed to where the screw is technically loose, it's still holding on. And you have to dig it out with something. A magnet, maybe? Or something. I've not tried a magnet. I mean, it's pretty tight. Like, I have to oh, get okay. underneath of it with a little pick kind of thing. Oh, jeez. That's, you know, well, angled to where you can kind of get underneath well, and no pull fun. it up. No, it's not, because it's actually kind of messing up the foam around where those go in. Yeah, that's not, not that's, good. Well, that and it's so small that I've dropped two of them and lost them. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to go buy like a hundred pack of them, just throw them in my flight box. Yeah. Um. But so, you know, 
it works well for my transportation purposes at the yeah. moment. It's easy to it's get nice into It's nice that it breaks down. Yeah, it's easy to get into the car and that kind of stuff. But, so flying it. When I flew it for the first time, actually, in quite a while, mm-hmm. um, out of the field, it just it wasn't as smooth as I expected it to be. I mean, it flew, it flew okay, but so not it's got, great. It's being an E-flight, it probably has AS3X has and all that AS3X, sort of stuff built in, right? And it has safe. Oh, which we'll get to that. So Not here's here's the thing. Well, anyway, this is my first airplane was safe. Right. Like I learned to fly without it. Mm-hmm. I learned to fly normal airplanes. I shouldn't say normal. <laughs> I, <laughs> I Unassisted. Learned, un, there you go. I learned to fly by myself without yes. any kind of assistance. Electronic assistance. And now, so, okay. So after the first weekend when I flew it, I brought it home, actually read the manual, <laughs> figured out, how it's supposed to set up, you know, the expo that's supposed to be on it, the rates that are supposed to be on it, made sure that was right. Mm-hmm. Oh, the programming oh, for the your programming for the transmitter. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. So I also saw in the manual where it tells you with safe, like how to program it with safe and how to bind it, not program, how to bind it with safe enabled or how to bind it without safe enabled. Okay. I thought, let's try it with safe. Just so I can see what it's like, because there, there's a way in there to turn it off. You can program a switch. Oh. And I was like, cool. You know, we're going to try it with it, just yeah. kind of see how it is. And I've never simple, flown with it before, yeah. so I want to see how it works. Simple flip of the switch, you can turn it off. In theory. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I, I go flying, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. and With safe. With safe on. Right. Okay. Because I, at that point, I thought safe was on. Now, to safe... That limits you on like how much you can bank and how much you can all that sort of stuff, right? Because that's been that was my experience yeah. with safe on that Mustang that I had. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I don't like that. <clears throat> yeah, not a fan. <laughs> but so anyway, as, as I was flying with safe on, um, hold on, I, I want to make sure I get say this correctly. So when I was looking at the directions, it told me how to. Enable safe switch to turn it on and off. That makes sense. So you have a switch where you can turn it on and yes. turn it off. AS3X is always on. You yes. can't turn that off, but safe can be de- they're disabled. So I was reading it. I thought I did it right. And the way you do it is you take your left stick down to the right and your right stick down to the left. Okay. okay. So they're all the way down and close to each so, yeah, other. Bring your thumbs together. And then basically. as those are, are, you hold those and then you flip whatever switch you want to be your on-off switch for safe five times. You just toggle it five times on and off. Okay. So I use the gear switch. And then it said something about you're supposed to hear something move and that's how you know it's on or off. So I was like, cool. I did it and I figured I was done. So when I got out to the field, I took off with safe enabled, mm-hmm. and I did not like the way it flew. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, you you can't you can't go to a full bank. Mm-hmm. It limits you like I think forty five degrees or something like that. So I was really getting thrown off because I didn't have control. You didn't have full control. that I thought I should yeah. have. Yeah, like high rates doesn't matter what it was yep. set to. You could <clears> bank was... forty five degrees, and you could. I mean, like I don't know what the climb or yeah. the or the. Uh, you know, down elevator was, but mm-hmm. it, it would not let you go at too steep of an angle either right. way on that either. Yeah. So I didn't like it. So I was like, cool, I'm going to flip my switch. I'm going to turn it off. Mm-hmm. Didn't turn it off. Oh. Like I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I flew it around a few times, got a few flights on it and stuff, and still just did not like the way it was flying. So I just took it apart, came home, 
and <laughs> was reading the directions again. Apparently, when I was doing the, the little switch thing, if you do that twice, like if you, you know, put your, your thumbs together and down again and flip that switch twice, it disables that switch to where you can't turn safe off. So I must have done it twice or it was already on when oh, I, I, see what you're saying. When I you tried to off. program it, I turned it off. However it worked. Okay. So now I have it set to where <laughs> I think? can turn. No, I know. I No, I know. Okay. Because right. the, the way you check it is when you have the airplane turned on, mm-hmm. you can just literally lift it up. Oh, okay. And then it will See move it or not move okay. when you're holding a control surface. Uh-huh. So I have it set now. Um, so now you you think. So now anyway, next time I go out. You have full control now. I should be able to fly it like a and you regular can fly airplane. It like, well, you can fly it like the crop duster it's meant to be. Yeah. Like but I it was, saw out at your out here when I was going home last Saturday. <laughs> there are so many of them around. I know they're awesome. I'm like real full size yeah. crop dusters they're flying so around cool. right now. When we were out of the field, one flew over, just catty corner to the field right over us, and it was so low you couldn't hear it coming really until it was too late. And it's like, whoa, you know, sorry careful. about that. We're here. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> we're trying okay, to get out of we'll, your way, we'll but you didn't give us any Promise. warning. Yeah, we didn't give any warning. Um, but that that was kind of neat yeah. too, though, to see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so. Not a big fan of the way it flies. We'll yeah. try it again, hopefully, this safe weekend. Has, safe I, I've, <clears throat> we've, we've had this discussion before. We have. Safe has its place. It really does. Which, I mean, hold on. Safe, by the way. This oh. is another one of those pet peeves of mine. Okay. Sensor. Hold on. What is it? Sensor-assisted flight Sensor envelope. Sensor-assisted flight envelope. Yeah. I know. Yeah, that's safe. a reach, if you ask me. But, but it it's sounds marketing. Good, I guess. It's marketing. Yeah. It sells airplanes, probably. But, like, Maybe. so, I feel like... And, I will reiterate, we've had this conversation, and I hate to beat a dead horse, but <clears throat> SAFE has its place, just like AS3X has its place. Um, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I am not a fan, personally, of SAFE um, or AS3X, to be honest. Um, the AS3X really does a great job at, at what they you know designed it to do, and it will make a, a mediocre pilot like myself <laughs> look look really really great yeah. when it's on um i feel like a great pilot should be a great pilot well if you, you use know what it, i'm saying though yeah if you use it for what it's made for safe is a good way to get up in the air yes if you don't know exactly what you're doing yeah with a little bit of a parachute you yes. know a proverbial parachute yes. above you to kind of give you less control than you might think you want did yeah. I say that right? I think, yeah, Less control. it made sense to me. Yeah, so um, you can't really get into the problem. like Too much of a trouble. I remember yeah. when I first started flying and stuff and graduated to the next step of airplanes, mm-hmm. um, especially since I learned on one without ailerons. Right. When you start using ailerons <clears throat> on a low-wing trainer or a mid-wing acrobatic airplane, you don't get any kind of self-correction on that whatsoever. So no. what you put that at? Is where it stays. Mm -hmm. Whereas with safe, if you don't know how to do it and you're not sure how to fly, you let go go and it just evens out. Yep. Straight level flight. So I get that. Yeah, I do too. And like I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to poo poo anybody that that (laughs) likes safe Um, for what, what they uh, designed it for. it, It does a fine job. But me personally, I don't like flying with safe on. Yeah. And I think most, um, pilots who have graduated beyond needing it 
feel the same way, I bet. And I think where I got jerky with it, I mean, it, I don't want to speak for anyone out there, but. Yeah, no, I get it. But I think where I got jerky, though, is I expected it to do more when I thought it was off. So I just kept, like, flicking that switch to see if I could just get it to move the way I wanted to. So that thing yeah. was just up, and, yeah, it just wouldn't do what I wanted it to do, yeah. which, I mean, I don't want to say it's dangerous because I, I was not in any danger of losing the airplane or flying yeah. farther away. <clears throat> it never got out of control, but it just got out of fun. Yeah. I now guess. See, my experience with it was with that, that, um, the Mustang hangar nine. Yeah. It was a hangar yeah. nine Mustang. Um, with a little six CC, I think yeah, is what we yeah. said. Eight CC. Eight CC. Yeah. The eight CC gas, which was really neat actually. Uh, which like actually the third time I've gotten now. there wrong. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, what I didn't like about that was the, 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 was the exact opposite, I think, of the intent of it was I did not feel like I was in control. I couldn't, you know, it, if it yeah. gets too far away from you and you need to make a quick turn or whatever to get it back to you, it just, it wouldn't do it with safe on. Like I, it would not, I think that Mustang, I think it limited the bank angle to like 20 degrees on one of the settings or whatever. Oh, wow. And yeah, if you're, if you're in a downwind and you need to turn a base and then turn upwind, well, that thing's just going to keep going. And if you can't, bank it more than 15 degrees you may never get it back heading upwind yeah so um yeah for that reason i i wasn't uh i wasn't a big fan but like i said safe's not designed for me it's designed for getting people in the air for the first time it maybe if they don't have help from a from another pilot this probably makes it uh, more successful yeah, it so. it should calm your your nerves the first few flights but certainly give you less to worry about as we've said before, the goal is to get away from that. Yeah. And now having flown one with it, um, yeah, don't need it, don't want it. Yeah. I just want the airplane to yeah. do what I tell it to do. Yeah. And on your on the on the um, the t- uh, not timber, the air tractor oh, yeah. that you have, um, <laughs> that AS three X will come in handy because that airplane is really really light and it will get very bounced. short coupled too. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. I was just getting ready to go there, and it'll get tossed around pretty good. Uh, in in even just light wind conditions, so the AS three X will help, you know, make it make it yeah. look like you know more fun. Not a lot of control throw though. I mean, like I was very surprised at the low amount of like elevator that you get up oh, or down on it because of the mechanical limits or the limits of the well, electronics. It's how it's set up. Okay. I mean, it's not like it's not like I have it on you know seventy percent throw or anything like that, but on hundred percent throw, there's like hardly anything on there hmm. and it just i would like a little bit more so i'll probably change Bump the setup up. on a little bit yeah. too yeah okay but we'll see that was so, yeah that's that plane though and it is, i think it's going to be one that's fun mm-hmm. once i get used to it yeah well i'm glad you got to i'm glad you got to make it to the field and fly yeah um i, I am wish, too. i wish i had made it but. well one of these days you will and actually oh. it was kind of funny when i was out there one of the guys that was there had a uh you know, you get talking to people and stuff, and he had an airplane sitting out there that I thought was a nice looking airplane. It was a, uh, oh, what was it, a Seagull um, uh, Extra 300L, I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. little two seater. Yeah, the low wing extra. Yeah. yeah. Um, a cool color scheme on it. It's, yeah. it's one they made, I think, back in 2014, from what I started to look up. Um, But anyway, he was talking about how it flies great, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then he's like, I really need to get rid of some of these airplanes. So I ended up buying it from him. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Ironically (laughs) enough, the engine that's on that, it's a Sato 72 Golden Knight. Yep. So, Which I want, by the way. Which 
that means I'm back to nitro, which yeah. I'm not too thrilled about. But anyway, yeah. um, that Sato 72 Golden Knight is the one that I sold him <laughs> on a Piper Cub, a Hangar 9 Piper Cub. Oh, gosh, five years That's ago, maybe something like ago, that. Yeah. Was Actually, that the one that we brought back on the top of my Suburban? No. Okay. No, that was, that was a different he, one. <laughs> I don't remember what one that was. That was the same kind of Piper Cub, but that was a a, a two-stroke that he had. Oh, that's that right. That might have been a Seagull, was that? I think it was, yep. I think you're right. Yeah, but the Hangar 9, which I thought looked a lot better, um, was one that I ended up getting back from him, and then he kept the engine off of it. So, so now, you now the engine has made back it back home. home. Nice. Uh, and that was one I bought new. And soon it will be in my hangar. I don't know about that. <laughs> Why uh, do you, I mean, what, what, so what's the, why do you well, want it I, you know, as I'm, opposed to. I'm a nitro to, guy. I love model engines. and uh, the, Well, but the, the cow's already cut out, so I need, you know, it's cut yeah, for that. So yeah, why would I, I want to switch? Have, I have something to trade. I'm not going to just take your engine. Um, but I have a Sato 72 that's a non-Golden Knight. So it's the same engine, same cutout, same size and everything. It's just not a Golden Knight. Just night. not pretty. It's not pretty. Well, it's pretty. I mean, I, I think all Sados are pretty. But the Golden Knights just have a special little something, you know, that, that the standard issues don't. And seeing you don't care that much about it, so what do you care if it's not a Golden Knight, you know? Well, I don't necessarily care that it's not a Golden Knight, but that's the first and I think probably only Nitro engine I ever bought brand new. Oh, well, then you should probably hang on to Maybe that. Maybe I will end up yeah. keeping that one. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, give me time. I might end up flying that a few times and not like nitro anymore because now <laughs> now i've got to go through and like re-up my nitro game yeah so now i have to go buy fuel buy fuel now i have to uh, i think nice i still starter, have a nice starter that update works your nice starter you need to update it why well i mean give it the times what? get one of those it's nice this... handy small ones like what i like to use what's the matter with the one i have it doesn't lock onto the glow plug very well it flops around whenever you put it on there and then Okay. Yeah, you're going to have to up your nitro game now. Yeah. That part I'm not looking forward to. Yeah. But I do so I'll I'm I'll, I'm going to pat you on the back here a little bit. <laughs> Before when I flew nitro, <clears throat> mm -hmm. I will admit I was always one that used the electric starter. Okay. I always and that was that was another thing you had to bring. That was another mm -hmm. battery you had to have charged. That was right. another thing to worry about. Mm -hmm. After watching you and after learning from you a little bit, I think I'm done with that. I think I'm yeah. good enough to just start it by hand. Yeah. I'm not perfect, okay? I mean, uh, no, one, no one's no, perfect. But, yeah. Uh, I do still have, you know, the occasional need uh, to, you know, start up a nitro engine with a starter. Uh, I have a couple of them that are cantankerous that just refuse to uh, be be started by hand. But um, you know the, you but, know it before you go out to the but field, though, exactly. which one it would be. And if I know, and if I know that... Uh, you know, Bob's not going to be there to rescue me with his electric starter. I just won't take that airplane. <laughs> and then, of course, he has a nicer one now. Like the one I yeah. had was, what was it? It had the 12-volt uh, lead-acid battery that yes. you had to carry out. And yeah. then you put the little alligator clips on oh, it. Yeah. And then the old, what was that, Sullivan? Is that who made yeah. that? Yeah, well, a lot of companies made them, just um, regular old 12-volt starters. Yeah. And then, of course, the one he has is LiPo. And yeah, yeah. And I think I'm going to... Single-handed and yeah, battery I, built in. I may eventually... I may uh, upgrade to something like that to keep in my in my arsenal because it, it's a pain to drag a twelve volt battery to the field and then, you know, the cables and the and the yeah having that battery attached to the starter that you can just grab and you don't have to worry about cables getting well, in the it's prop safer and, too yeah, yeah exactly so um, 
Yeah, Bob, if you're listening, thanks for always being there for me for a, <laughs> for an electric start when I need one. Um, I need to upgrade, and I will eventually. One of these days. Yeah. But anyway, so with this airplane, as I was looking over it, he had he had just taken it out there and hadn't flown it yet that day and stuff. And before I bought it, we were talking about it, and and I was looking things over, and I was kind of just you know moving control surfaces just to kind of see how much play was in them and stuff and see how tight things were. Well, when I touched the elevator, there was no resistance whatsoever. So I was like, hey, well, what's going on with this? He's like, well, it, it should be okay. I don't know. What do you mean? And so I looked underneath. I, you know, I tilted the plane up. The control horn was no longer attached to the aileron. Or not the aileron. I'm sorry, the, the elevator. The elevator. Hmm. So That's not good. I okay, so I built a couple uh, Seagull models before, yeah. some ARFs and stuff, mm -hmm. and I have always used—I don't even know what they're called—but the control horns were the ones where you had either two or four screws that went yeah. through into a little plastic backer plate, right? And it was a mm -hmm. nice, good connection. Yep, nice nylon control horns. Yep, the ones that were on this or that are on this um, almost look like Kevlar or FRP or something. Mm -hmm. It's just a flat like laser cut almost looking piece mm -hmm. that is very shiny. So it's very slippery mm -hmm. and just slides down into the, the balsa and gets epoxied in. Mm -hmm. Have you had problems with those? Cause I am thinking about pulling those completely out and redoing all the control horns before I fly it. That actually, uh, seeing as how there's one failure, um, I, I, I don't think that's a bad plan. I'm familiar with the control horns you're talking about. Um, and they are, they're basically a flat piece of uh, FRP, uh, fiberglass reinforced plastic. Some folks call it G10. Uh, some, I've heard some people uh, call it Kydex incorrectly because it's not Kydex. But anyway, um, no, it, it is, is not. Actually. It is exactly, as you said, it's a flat piece that's either milled or a CNC cut or laser cut or whatever out of a flat sheet of this G10 material. And then, yeah, and then it gets glued into a slot. Uh, that is built into the control surface designed to accept that. Um, me personally, I've I've got a fair amount of experience with those types of control horns, and I've never had a failure um, because um, there are things you should do when you install those, and it's it's always covered in the instructions on how to. Well, I shouldn't say always because we, as we all know, some of the instructions that come with these ARFs. You know, have a little to be desired. Yeah, yeah. They're they're a uh, you know somebody's in best interpretation of uh, of our language into theirs or vice versa. Uh, so sometimes details get missed. So basically, how you should install these things, um, <clears throat> they, they get epoxied in place, right? Mm -hmm. So don't CA them. Don't you know. Uh, my favorite glue, the yellow glue, don't use that on these things. They need to be epoxied and they need to not be shiny, at least where the glue is going to go. They can be shiny on the outside. That's fine. In fact, you probably want it shiny because it looks nice. But where well, I don't the, know. These are kind of ugly. They're like a yellowish. I just, yeah, I don't like them. Okay. Um, but anyway, the gluing surface needs to be dull. Like it needs to be rough. You know, give that epoxy something to grab onto. And most importantly, there needs to be holes drilled through it. There was no holes drilled through this right. one. And that more than likely is the reason for the failure. Okay. So the hole, when you, when you insert this thing into the slot uh, with epoxy, when that epoxy cures, that, that epoxy, you know, it's going to, it's going to kind of flow 
if you want to think of it that way, into all the little nooks and crannies. And if you have a hole drilled through there, that epoxy is going to bond from one side of that control surface on the on the balsa through that hole, creating kind of a column, if you will, almost oh, like a pin. Like kind of what you were talking about when you were doing the hinges. Like how, how those exactly. epoxy yep. in hinges have the holes have in them. Have the holes in them. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Give that, you know, it gives that epoxy some place to go uh, to, to create a good bond and create almost like a pin because it's going to bond, you know, all the way through there. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that'll help prevent that from pulling out as you, as you saw. Well, that, okay, so that makes sense then because after I got home, I was looking online and I did find some of those like that style mm -hmm. of control horn, mm -hmm. but all the ones I was seeing that had like serrated edges mm -hmm. and then had holes yep. in it, Yeah, which that would make more sense to me yep. then. Yep. It would be more of a place to grab. Exactly. This one though, Completely nothing. straight, completely straight Yeah, it's, it's a square cut. And yeah. smooth. And there's, it had there's not like, sanded. Well, and there's no, I mean, there's no like stopper, so you don't go too deep. There, right. I mean, it was just it, yeah. weird, like a... Yeah. I actually like those types of control horns, uh, control horns because they're clean. And by I mean the installation is clean. Like whenever you look at the control surface, all you see is the horn, you know, poking yeah. out. The, there's no bolts. There's no flat plastic pieces. I like the way they look. I really do. And I actually, I, I like on airplanes that are built properly to accept them. This I one like, was not. By yeah, the way. <laughs> I like I like how they how they fit and that interface yeah. between the horn and the control surface is usually. <laughs> Usually, uh, very yeah. very solid, uh, but yeah, in this particular case, yeah, it was had not been sanded, so you did not have that rough finish, you know, that uh, rough texture for the glue to grab onto, and then yeah, no holes. That's a that's a big no no. Well, and that should have been done at the factory, though. I agree. I mean, you shouldn't have yep. to do that on your own before. Or I agree. Before you install, yep, a hundred percent. But for those that don't know, like me, yeah, it's a good <clears throat> good little tip to pick up on, yeah, because. Yeah. I just would have done what it yep. said and FRP and not control about horns it. make sure they at a minimum they have holes in them and the serrated edges are nice also uh, and make sure that uh, gluing surface is a rough texture you don't want shiny shiny yeah. is bad. So okay so then would it be worth trying to pull the other ones out or just cutting them off and then do you think using like nylon ones? Um if you can pull them out without damaging you know, the control surface itself, I think it would be worth pulling them out and prepping them properly and then gluing them back in. Okay. Um, but if, if, if that, you know, if you get all of them, but one and the one is really, really stuck in there and you, you can't pull it out, um, you're kind of committed at that point. So I think I would, at that point, if you can't pull it out without damaging something, just cut it off and go nylon on the rest of the, you know, on the, on the whole airplane. That's what I would do. Okay. That's probably what I will end up doing then. I hope not. I mean, hopefully they all kind of, well, I mean, in this case, hopefully they all pull I, out really easy and you can prep them properly and glue them back in with the holes and all that and and then you'll be on your way. But Knowing my luck, I don't think that's <laughs> going to happen. Knowing your luck. So I'm going to have to go get some other control <laughs> horns and cut them off and, and do, it, or do it that way, which, I mean, you know what it it's is, what, what it, it is. is yeah. it's, it's fine. But if you actually, if you if you cut them off flush with the surface and then take a really sharp exacto down the the side of that control horn and break the glue joint, I bet you can get them all out. Okay. Honestly, well, I'll try it and yeah. Maybe. If they don't if they don't pull out, then you know cut them off kind of flush whatever, and then slip a blade in there in that joint. I bet you can. I bet you'll be able to pop them out. That'll be enough to kind of. I think so. Pop it loose. I think so. We'll see. 
Um, yep. But I'm I'm excited to go fly that one whenever I have a chance. But like I said, it's I good looking go, airplane. I got to go get more uh, more fuel and all that fun you stuff gotta, first. Yeah, you got to get your nitro game back up to speed. Which, yeah, it's a nice looking <laughs> airplane. We'll leave it at that. But whoever put it together was a huge fan of way too much epoxy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's well, except it's, on the control surfaces. <laughs> or the control horns. Well, there might be enough on it, just oh, not done true. correctly. Just, Who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like on the back where the tail's held on and stuff, there's just like pools and puddles oh. of epoxy that just... And you know... I mean, it's... it's, it's Well, no judgment here, okay? Yeah. I'm not judging, but except epoxy... You, except you are. If you, if you use 30-minute epoxy and you plan, you know, go through the steps of mounting whatever it is you're mounting... Um, and and plan ahead. Thirty minute epoxy. Ninety nine times out of a hundred <laughs> will give you enough time to position the part where you need it, even tape it in place to hold it in place or weight it or whatever, and still give you enough time to with a a paper towel and some alcohol wipe off the excess to clean it up. Yeah, yeah usually. I mean, ninety nine times out of a hundred, you'll have plenty of time to do all that. If I had to guess. This is probably five minute epoxy, and just done quickly. I'm gonna hold it here while it's done, and then go off that I way. go to the so, next thing. Like I said, I'm not I'm not hey, sure listen, who put that one together. But when I was younger, like you yeah, know, college days and and that, I I was not. They, they had epoxy back then. I was oh, shut up. <laughs> I was not a patient man, so I I built my fair share of airplanes that probably looked just like that. Speaking of patience, to move on a little bit, mm-hmm. my balsa order. You know the one? Oh, yeah, you got an update. Um, yeah, so I emailed, or I'm sorry, I, I texted on July 6th and asked for an update, and I have been ghosted. So the, so today, the uh, day what we're is, recording is the today 20th. Today is 7-20, yeah. So 14, two days, or two weeks ago to the day. Yeah, 14 days ago, yeah. Mm. No response, That's nothing. That's unfortunate. So I don't know what to do because I... I'm kind of at a, I mean, at a point, I need balsa. Have you called? I've not called. I don't even know if there's an actual number. Well, you call. know there's a number on the other side. Well, that's true. So I'm, I'm going to have to figure something out because this is getting to be ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, really, it's been months. Yeah, that's, that's and, unfortunate. Yeah. So that's my update on balsa. Um, not much of an update. I, I wish I could say no news is good news, but uh, yeah, in this case, this no news is not good news. No news in this case, no news is no news. Yeah, that's, which isn't yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, I I don't want to say too much because I have yet to place an order. I, you should. You really need to place your order. Well, we need to. Yeah, I know. You know what you need. <clears throat> I mean, you know the that's, basics that's of it. True. So I just need the, to sit down and do it. I mean, it could be done tomorrow night. Probably. And could. then you could have everything ordered and you could have it by, I don't know, July of next year. <laughs> oh, well, you're I thinking mean, that's going to be quick. Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, time will tell, whatever. But he's well, already, I, I'm sorry. They've, I'm sorry oh, that that has happened. That's not nothing. I mean, I know it's not my fault or whatever, yeah. but uh, I, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. I, I just, I need wood. Yeah. I mean, like we have projects we want to get going on yeah. that we're literally just, Pedaling and not going anywhere, treading yeah. water or whatever. I don't know what I was trying to say. I'm treading water, at those yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We're so making just, no progress because we're spinning no our wheels and not going anywhere. Yeah. How's that? Something like that. Whatever. Well, that's unfortunate. But pretty soon we may have to name the company. Might. I mean, like Shame I them. 
I, <laughs> Shame them into sending you your balsa. I just want what's rightfully mine, what I paid for yeah. months ago. Yeah. But that's okay. Well, they ghosted you like a boss. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's the update on that. So that's my balsa update. Sure. So <laughs> one of the other things I did, so I've, I've with this extra little bit of time that mm-hmm. I have with, yeah. with Crystal being off, I've started going through airplanes and like, okay, this is going to sound terrible. And I don't want to sound bad, but... (laughs) But you're going to. I was in my hobby room the other day, and I looked up in the rafters, and I found an airplane that I haven't flown for a few years, and I'm like, that was a great flying airplane. Like, I want to fly that again. Okay. And then I'm sitting there thinking, what... Would you say that this is an airplane you forgot you had? Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) I'm not going to go that far. (laughs) But anyway, <laughs> so many so, airplanes. So I forgot I had this one. I, well, it's it's stored above <laughs> my head, and I don't often look up. But anyway, so it's it's a great flying airplane. It's ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Just yeah. got to put a battery in. It's a super sportster. The oh yeah, that red that is one. a good flying airplane. It's a great flying airplane. I was like, I should take that to the field next time. And then I'm sitting there thinking, what battery does that take? Like I don't remember what battery it takes. And so then I'm I'm kind of like. I'm trying to figure that out and trying to go through the batteries that I have. First off, I need to buy batteries. Like I need to buy, I need to replace everything I have except for the batteries batteries that I bought for the Duelist because those are the only, those are the only batteries that I have that are newer than, oh boy, four years old probably. Because I don't think I've bought anything other than that since Piper's been born. So it's been, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, A lot of the batteries that I'm still using like are from 2013, 2014 timeframe. So it's to the point where they still work, but I just, I don't necessarily trust them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, like I know. there's just something that says it's not worth risking an airplane for the possibility of a battery not working or just cutting out or something, you know, just some something silly thing. happening with yep. it. Yep. Because so of its age. That got me going through and it's like, I don't know how to. How do you keep all of your airplanes separate to where you know this airplane takes this battery, this airplane takes this set of bolts to hold the wing on, this airplane, you know, mm-hmm. wing tube goes to this one. Uh, how do you keep all of that straight? Because I obviously do a terrible job of that <laughs> because, well, and uh, like we were downstairs here looking at the whatever this edge or not edge, this uh Oh, what the MX heck is it? The Red, Red Bull thing. Red Bull airplane. Yeah. You're like, where's the wing for it? I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> like, I don't know what room I have. I don't know what wall it's hanging on. I would have to go look for it. So how do you keep everything together? Like, yeah. and not forget <clears throat> what you need. Well, I wish I could say I had a perfect system. Uh, and I wish I could say that I haven't ever forgotten about an airplane wing or, you know, what battery. I, I mean, I think... Generally speaking, that has probably happened to to most hobbyists that have more than a few airplanes. Um, but there's some things that I do that helps me. Um, maybe it'll help some other folks. Um, so you mentioned, you know, wing tubes with, with wing panels. Um, <clears throat> so all of the air... Yeah, I'm going through, I'm going through in my head. All the airplanes that I have... Uh, that have wing panels that slide on a tube and, you know, bolt to the airframe. I have those in wing bags. Now, yes, 
wing bags are expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I think the wing tote ones, uh, generally speaking, are probably, you know, 70 60 70 dollars you know maybe a pair average i guess maybe yeah. somewhere around that range. so i'm not doing that <clears throat> right um but what i will say that i like about the wing bags is number one it, it protects the wings obviously um so that i'm i'm not like you know laying them on my table you know trying to keep them out of the way it's a nice place to keep them together and they're padded normally why are you looking at me looking around when you say laying out just on the table that- well because i mean you know there's stuff laying on tables and on you know what's the floor and <laughs> you know whatever I, i'm not judging <laughs> but it doesn't sound like it <laughs> but the wing bag is they're padded you know you know one panel slides in and then mm-hmm. the other panel slides in you know next to it and there's usually a divider between them so they don't like you know uh, gouge each other with the control horns or, or whatever. Um, but usually they also have a pocket for the wing tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all that stuff sort of gets, you know, stored together so that it doesn't get lost. And then I go kind of a step further. Um, whenever you buy a, like, let's say a high tech servo, you know, like a standard size servo that comes in these cool little plastic boxes, mm-hmm. those things are great for, uh, Storing, you know, bits and pieces like wing bolts, uh, the little uh, servo connector keeper things. You know, whenever you unplug your wing panel, you got to do something with this keeper. You can throw that. And then that little box with the bolts and stuff, you can throw that in the wing bag also. And then that way, all the stuff for that airplane is in the wing bag. You know what I mean? Oh, I got you. So all the bolts, the wings themselves, the wing tube, all that stuff. So for airplanes that have the plug-in wings like that, that's what I do. I, I, I make See, the investment and I buy the bags because it protects the wings, number one, but it's also a handy place to keep everything for that airplane. So I'm not like scratching my head looking around for the wing bolts because I forgot to take them to the field or whatever. So that's what I do for those airplanes. Now, <clears throat> I don't have a lot of those airplanes, so I only have a couple of sets of wing bags. Um, and usually that's for larger airplanes anyway, like the 40 size airplanes. Um, I don't think I have any of those that have plug-in wing panels. So they're one piece wing, right? So what well, that I d- little, so the, the little edge or the shucks, I keep saying edge cause that's what I had before that extra I just got. That's two piece wing. Yeah. With a wing tube. Right. So that's small. Yeah. But, and you, you could get wing bags for that too. They, they make them small, right? Um, but if you don't want to make the investment, then, you know, you, you'll have to find another way. But I like the wing bags because it's a place to keep that that wing tube, you know. So, but if you you know okay. if you don't want to do that, uh, you can slide the wing panels on the tube when it's not on the airplane, and then you know uh, thread the wing bolts into the into the nuts that are usually embedded into the root rib, and then you can use some rubber bands to sort of hold them together, and then you could set that on oh, your okay. on your you know on your wing rack shelf or whatever, or whatever shelf yeah. yeah. Um, that's one way to do it too, but then you know you still have you still have this wing, you know, not protected. <laughs> well, most of mine are not protected, but I mean they're they're stored well, on the by, wall. So. By far, the majority of mine are not protected because yeah. the majority of my airplanes are one piece wings that I don't invest in the super huge wing bags to put them in. Um, so on airplanes like that, um, I use those. Once again, I use those little servo plastic servo cases, you know, that the servos are sold in. Which, if you don't buy servos like that, I've seen those at the dollar store too. Yeah, to where you can get them for like a buck for a, you know, it's just a small. Yeah, 
I don't even know what size to say. They're like maybe yeah, four few, inches by yeah, three inches, inches by, by an inch and a half or something deep. Yeah. yeah. But they're nice because they snap shut. And, mm-hmm. and if I drop it, it's not going to open and dump all the stuff that's in it on the on the <laughs> ground. Because um, at least the, the ones I have, they have a little snap that little actually latch. comes over yeah. and latches. Um, and then they're great because I, I'm a huge fan of Sharpies. Like I use Sharpies on like everything. And I'll write on that particular box what airplane it's to. Oh, okay. Because they're so cheap. If I ever get rid of the airplane, I'll give that box to whoever the new owner is, and then they've got a handy place, you know, to to keep the stuff for that airplane. Well, if you think about it, if you're putting an airplane together, you're going to get four, five, six, maybe seven servos that are all going to have one of those. So Probably, yeah. So you'll, you'll yeah. come out ahead with that anyway. Yeah. yeah, if you buy the, you know, the high-techs and JRs and... Spectrums, you know, maybe maybe the servos that you get off Amazon or whatever, you know, maybe they won't come in those boxes. But those boxes are certainly cheap enough at Dollar General, so, yeah, or the dollar store or what have you. But anyway, I'm a huge fan of those, and I'll write on the box with the sharpie what airplane it goes to, and then um, those boxes are usually small enough to where you can stick them in the fuselage, um, oh. you know, upside down, so that that's always with the airplane. That's a good idea too. Yeah, and okay, then if you don't, so wanna, I need to get some. Yeah, and if you don't want to use the plastic boxes, something else that's handy that that I use a lot also is uh, the Ziploc bags, uh, especially the ones that have the white area on them printed on them so that you can write on them. <laughs> yeah, you know okay. what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and then I'll write in that white area again with a sharpie what airplane it is, and I'll stuff all the whatever I need, you know, the wing bolts or those to keep, you know, servo keepers, whatever. And then I'll wad that up and stuff that in the fuselage. That way it's always with the airplane. That is a great idea. Like I have never done that. Yeah. So, so that's, that's how I keep the hardware straight with yeah. the airplanes. Like my wing bolts, my, I mean that I have tried to keep them all kind of like you're talking about separate, but in my transmitter case. Oh. I don't know why I never thought about keeping it with yeah. the airplane. Which well, that's not a bad to, idea either to keep well, it in the transmitter case. It's so much easier to as keep it with fuselage because I'm not taking 20 <laughs> airplanes with me every time I go out. So I, yeah. you know, that's just more stuff I don't need to take. That's true. That I'm taking yeah. that's just in my way. Right. Huh. I like yeah. that. And then, like, so as, as far as batteries, um, so yeah, that that can be that can be a huge issue. And if you, so this is where I'm going to say, do as I say. Not as I do, right? <laughs> I'm a huge uh, proponent of taking your airplanes, I'm sorry, taking your batteries out of your airplanes when you're charging them, when you're storing them, all that sort of stuff. Nickel metal hydrides, lipos, lifes, all of them. You should have them really, when you're storing them, they should not be in the airplane. Just stuff happens. You know, batteries, I mean... They're like black magic to me. Like, you know, you short them out, let all the smoke out, and then then they're done, right? And they're so, no good. Um, however, having said that, <laughs> my my airplanes that have standard like nickel metal hydride type receiver packs, things like that, um, during the season, I generally speaking, I keep those in the airplane that, that I fly them in. Um, I try to take them out uh, when I charge them, but I mean, I'm, you know, not perfect. So sometimes I might actually charge the battery in the airplane. This is the as I say part. Right. I don't recommend doing that. Um, but if you're very, very familiar with the hobby and you're very, very familiar with batteries and you're very, very familiar with all these charging techniques and stuff, okay, probably. See, the NIMH ones don't bother me. Like they no. don't scare me at all. So I would have no problem <clears throat> Yeah. just storing them right. in the airplane and keeping them in there and charging them that way. Yeah. But in the off chance that I've actually taken my own advice and taken the batteries out of the airplane for storage or charging or whatever, um, 
usually what I'll do is, like I said, I'm a huge fan of Sharpies. Um, I'll actually write on the battery what airplane it goes in. And then if I'm really feeling froggy, sometimes I'll write, like if I do a cycle, especially on uh, NIMH batteries, uh, you know, I'll do a maintenance cycle. You know, I try to do it every season. I'll write what capacity it came up with right on the battery and then maybe a date. So I can sort of keep track of the health of that battery over time. Yeah, I I will admit when I buy like lipo batteries, that most of my stuff is lipo. I think mm-hmm. I only have a couple of the NIMH ones. Um, most of the time, I will date. Yeah, not with like month and day, but the year. At least that I the bought year. It. Yeah, and that's how I know most of the ones I have now are from thirteen and fourteen because they have that date on them. Yeah, I did get rid of some of them that were like from two thousand eight. Oh that, my. Okay. Yeah, just like within the last six months that I had, you know, got when I was flying in thirteen and fourteen. From somebody when I bought a plane, that right. kind of stuff. They're yep. just, I'm not even going to try it. Yeah. Um, I have several that are, that are, yeah, do replacement also. And I'm not looking forward to that because, I mean, yeah, it's, it's money that I could be spending <laughs> on something else other than, hey, if anybody that's wants, not to, pretty. if anybody <laughs> wants to send us batteries or sponsor <laughs> us, there yeah. you go. That's a yeah, good we, idea. Yeah. There send you go. us free stuff. Send us free stuff. I and like we'll that. talk about them on the show and, and talk about how great they are compared to our old tired batteries that I was afraid to use. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not afraid of writing just right on the battery, you know, what airplane well, it goes to. So how does that work? Cause I was looking like 3S, what 3S, hold on. I'm thinking 3S 3200 milliamp hour batteries will fit in like four of my airplanes. <laughs> okay. Which is good. I mean, because yeah. then I don't have to have, you know, right. two batteries for each airplane. I can just have yeah. a little bit more. How do you do something like that, though? Honestly, um, so I don't have a lot of LiPo-powered stuff because I'm not really into into electrics, the, you know, the way the way you are. Yeah. Um, so right now, uh, in my refrigerator, because that's where I keep all my LiPos. Good idea. Uh, I got that idea from you, actually. I know. It's where all um, mine are. But right now, Almost. I only have. I think there are six batteries in my fridge. Uh, they're all fairly. <laughs> they're all fairly fresh. Yeah. Um, uh, and they only fit certain airplanes. Like, <clears throat> I gotcha. now I take that back. So I do have four of the three cell eighteen to twenty two hundred milliamp. That kind of like what you're mentioning. You know, talking about they fit in several different airplanes. Um, because I have so few electric airplanes, I know what batteries, be- just because of the physical size of the airplane. Yeah. So yeah you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so it's easy for me because, like I said, they only fit in certain airplanes and I have so few of them that it's easy to kind of figure it out, you know. Um, but like on my on that, on that Kristen Eagle, the, the big electric one that I had to buy, I think that's got a four or six cell or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's huge. It's a big battery. Yeah. Um, and I only have one of those because they're kind of expensive. Very expensive. Um, <clears throat> but that one I wrote on it. Yeah, Kristen Eagle. See, that I would probably remember because it's so big. And I do. I have no but, problem remembering yeah. that that monster is for that airplane because I had to buy that to fly that airplane. Airplane. Well, and I realized too, like <clears throat> the batteries that I just bought, um, 4-cell 5200 will work not only in the Duelist that I bought them for, but the E-Flight Advance that I have. Yep. They will fit in that. And same with my electric Cavalier. Oh, yeah. So I'll be able to use the same battery for all that. So that's handy. And I'd I remember, make, I remember that now. I like, would just make a note on the battery. Just say, you know, Advance, Duelist, and what was the other one? The Cavalier. Cavalier. I would just write it right on the battery. Oh. Not There's plenty idea. of room, especially on a battery that big, yeah. you know, with a Sharpie. 
But that's I like, how I, I like the P-Touch labels thing, though. I think it looks nicer. It does. I don't do a lot with Sharpies. I, it, I'm not going to disagree. But like me personally, <laughs> when the battery's in the airplane, who's going to see it except me? True. So I don't care what it looks like. No, I guess you're right. Um, but see, like but yeah, those are those are some of the things I do to to keep you know to keep things uh, with where they go. Like I'll tell you how my mind works because I like to make things way more difficult. Like before I talked to you about this because we we haven't gone over this stuff before this. Mm-hmm. In my mind, and what I actually started to do was a separate spreadsheet oh, for each airplane with, get ready. Like a packing list. A picture of the airplane. So I know what it was because when I forget what these dang things are called, I can just be like, oh, that's that one because I'm terrible with names. So a picture of the airplane mm-hmm. and then the size battery it takes. What I need tool-wise to put it together. Oh, yeah. What I need, like wing bolts, wing tube, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And whatever other accessories I would need. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but I took it so far on a couple of the ones that I have did already. Like one of them was a nitro. I don't even remember what it was. It was a nitro something or another. Or no, no, no. It was for the uh, uh, the Telemaster when that mm. was still nitro before we changed it to, to gas. To gas. Mm-hmm. I started doing this for that one. I have it listed on what all we need for that. And like night before, charge this battery, mm-hmm. charge that battery, charge the uh, the glow starter mm-hmm. and get that all packed up for the next day mm-hmm. and what fuel it takes and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's how I yeah. completely complicate things. So what do you things. do then? You print that out and you just, you keep that on the next year fly box well, or something? in theory, yeah. I would have like a book, <laughs> okay. like a bound book of all the airplanes with everything that would go in my flight box. But I, I see that that's overkill and stupid, so I probably won't finish that. I don't that. think that's stupid. I don't think that's stupid. I think there's ways to streamline that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's actually, that's. I don't think that's dumb at all, especially, especially for somebody um, who might have like a lot of airplanes, like a lot of people we know have like a lot of airplanes. Yeah. Uh, something like that would be really, really handy for them, I think. Um, so, but I don't have that many airplanes, so it's not hard well, for me to keep Well, I don't have that many either, but I'm so bad at remembering what things are called. Like, I can know what the plane is, but I can't name it. Yeah. That's why it's so hard when people ask, you know, what kind of airplanes do you have? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they are. I mean, I don't they're know. viable it, ones, it, but. Yeah, I turn it on and I turn my transmitter on and the other order, not that order. <laughs> um, and then I move the sticks and it goes fly. I don't know. That's don't the know point. What it's called. That's the hope. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like remembering who makes it and all that, like yeah. you and your engines, I don't know how you remember all that stuff. I never can. Well, it's. It's something I like, you know. Like, well, it, I like it too, but well, I can't but I mean, remember it. But it's my hobby, right? Well, it's my hobby too, but I can't well, remember I guess it. What I'm, I guess that maybe that makes maybe I'm an enthusiast. Maybe that's the difference, you know, because you're an enthusiast about certain things. Like sometimes you go and you talk about the stuff like Tesla's doing and stuff, and it's just way over my head. Like sometimes the stuff you talk about, it's like that's neat, uh, but I'm not going to remember any of this. Um, but to you, <laughs> you can funny. like remember it in like excruciating detail, right? Just so, the same as I can do with the nitrogen. I think it's just, yeah, I guess. I think it's just really what you're really, really into. Okay. And I mean, yes, I, you're, yeah, you're into that. airplanes, but you're not like really, you know, into them. Like I'm really into nitro engines. Yeah, nitro isn't my. But bag. you see what I'm, you see so what I'm I, saying? Yeah, I understand. So, like, I was so proud of myself for remembering it was a Sato seventy two. <laughs> 
<laughs> However, after saying that, I don't actually know if that's true. It looks like a 72. You sure it's not an 82? It's, well, no, I'm not sure. But I mean, looking at it, of course, now we can only see, you know, the just the, the covers poking out of the, yeah, but size-wise, well, I mean, it could be. I don't remember you ever owning an 82, though. I thought that's what was on that Cub, and that's the same engine. Like, thought, that's the only, is it a 72? 72. Okay. Uh, who knows? I don't. Maybe it is. I don't so. know. I don't know. Physically, they're they're pretty close, though, in size, the 82 well, and the 72. So I'm no longer proud of myself because I guess I don't know what it well, is. Well, I'm not proud of myself either because I don't know what it is either. And you're the one that wants it now. And I am the one that wants it. <laughs> I want it just because it's a golden knight. Even if I already have one, I still want that one, but that's okay. Yeah, whatever. If it was your first brand new Nitro yeah, engine, I, I feel like you should probably keep I it. I probably ought to. Just for... So it's mine now. Just for sentiment. It's good to have it home. So, yeah. Um, so that's how I keep organized. I use those... Uh, I use Ziploc bags with the Sharpie marking on it, and I use those servo cases, those little plastic boxes, and wing bags. A step ahead of me. But I did... With, you know, use a little Sharpie because when I was, uh, when I brought that airplane home, you know, the, the that Seagull went home, obviously I had to come apart to fit in the car. Mm -hmm. And as I unloaded it, I was like, I'm not going to remember what this tube goes to. So I did. I had a Sharpie out. I know I say I don't do it often, but I had a Sharpie out and I wrote on there, Seagull Extra 300L. Nice. Or whatever it was. And now you'll never forget. With my luck, I'll rub it off when I put <laughs> yeah. the wing on off so many times, and I will have no freaking idea. See, if you had a wing bag, and you could just stick it in with the panels. And... You should buy me some then. <laughs> but then i got to find a place to store them. Although that might not be as bad, because wing you can just are... do a single hook, right? Yes. I was just getting ready to say wing bags are actually hmm. quite easy to store. And because they are smaller than the overall size of the wing when it's put together, they don't actually take up a lot of room, especially if you hang them. Like you're talking about yeah. on a hook, you can stack several of them on a on a long hook. Maybe it's worth looking into. I don't know. I really like them. But, and you don't have to buy wing toad. I mean, there's other brands out there. I think. Yeah. So that yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and you do have to. a wing bag. Oh, I know I do. Yeah, you but said, I, I look how much said, room that takes up. Well, yeah. Well, it's a forty-two percent yak. I mean, it's going to take up some room. Five and a half foot wing bag. Yeah, but imagine if that was hanging on, you know, an out of the way wall somewhere, like in yeah. your shop, up against the wall, whatever, out of harm's way. You wouldn't be tripping over it, like we are now. Like we are now. That's okay. All right. Um, so anyway, last thing. Let's let's last talk thing. about as we go on. Yeah, you I mean, may I'm really. I'm yeah. <laughs> you made an oopsie. Oh, God. Do you want to tell a story or do you want me to? Well, now, hold on. I'm going to absolve you of a little bit of this, and we'll get into why. Okay. Bad design. Yeah. So you have a Sato. Oh, hold on. I'm gonna, I'm trying. FA90, three-cylinder. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my well, God. No. Really? You were, yeah, you were so close. Not an FA? It is... It is three FAs, technically, but it is a Sato R90 three-cylinder radial. Oh, F or R for radial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have... It's a, a glow. It's not the big 90cc or whatever it is. This is the 0 .90. This is the tiny one. So it's basically three 30s, three Sato FA 30s in a oh, radial. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, that makes sense then because yeah. they just add it all together. But anyway, 
you wanted to make a run video of that, or we wanted to make a run video of that to so put on YouTube. If I could preface this, Please. if, if uh, when we do the tool of the week, that little sound bite of an engine running, you know, that uh, that you dubbed in, I think that is actually a sound bite that we took of this engine running to to put into that. I think I took that out towards just the jingle. Okay, then. Never mind. <laughs> if you go back to when we first started Tool of the Week, which we need to bring that back again. Yeah. I we, completely we forgot about it. Yeah. We, we'll think about one for the next one, maybe. Bad like that. Um, but anyway, so yes, that's that one running, if you ever heard it. Yeah. Um, but you wanted to make a run video for I YouTuber. Did. We, we did, whatever. Yep. And... Um, you and, were, you, you know, I haven't not... ran that engine in a little while. So I thought, Hey, you know, this engine, it sounds really cool when it's, you know, when it's running. And I thought, Oh, this will be super easy. Cause we just ran it, you know, yeah, a quick, quick thing, you know, yeah. ran it a year ago, whatever it was, it shouldn't take long. Yeah. You were not having a good day. Well, I tell you, it all started two weeks ago. If you remember, we were going to do this, this, uh, engine run video a couple weeks ago. Three weeks ago, maybe even now. Oh yeah. Um, and so I brought everything out here to do it, and for whatever reason, you know, we didn't end up doing it. So I took all that stuff home, and then uh, so it was in the back of my car. So I had the engine, all the stuff to run it, the fuel, my starter, you know, my box, all that stuff, my flight box, um, the lipo battery that I was using on the onboard glow system that we're gonna talk in depth about, <laughs> um, <clears throat> had all that stuff, you know, in a bag, uh, in the back of the car and it was in the back of the car for, you know, two days, I think. Cause I, I got home that night, didn't have time to unload everything. Uh, so we we're getting ready to use, Oh, my son was going to borrow the car to help somebody move. So I was like, okay, well let me get my stuff out of there. <laughs> so I got all the stuff out of there and I put it in my garage and I was going through the stuff I was like, okay, well, I need to take this inside because I don't want this. My garage is not cool. Your garage gets hot. It gets very hot. Like our garage is technically not cooled, but it's attached and it somehow stays not as hot as your garage. Yeah, yeah. My garage gets very, very warm. So I took everything inside. You know, I was going through the stuff. Okay, I'm going to take the fuel inside. I'll take my flight box inside because it's got, you know, the nice starters and that would not be good for the batteries. Um, I'll take, uh, you know, the cans of fuel that I took. You know, all the stuff that I thought would be damaged by heat in my garage, I took inside. So that was three weeks ago or whatever it was. So yes, or Saturday, you know, Put it all back in the car. Got all the stuff from the basement that I had taken inside. Put it back in the car to come out here to do the run video. And one of the first things I noticed <clears throat> when I was setting everything up, you know, it was going great. You know, you had the cool Craftsman Workmate that I could mount my stand in. Um, that was perfect. Uh, the you know the engine mounted to the stand just like it always does, no problem. Hooked up the throttle, perfect. Um, you know, I was fiddling around, making sure that uh, all my connections were still tied on the on the onboard glow or the remote glow system for this three-cylinder radial. <laughs> uh, made sure all that was hooked up and tight, and then I went to grab the battery that uh, the two-cell lipo that I was going to run this ignition or uh, glow system on. And I was like, "Oh, I forgot to pack the battery. I don't, you know, I, where did I put the battery?" Well, then I started looking through the bag that had the engine, and there was the battery. That, From your garage. That came out of the garage. And it was no... Okay, so this two-cell battery is a flat... It's a hard case battery. It was actually a battery I used back in my racing RC car days. Really? That goes back. Yeah, it's old. Um, long time. So it's a two-cell, or it was, a two-cell <laughs> 3300 milliamp 
lipo mm-hmm. that was in a flat, hard case that mm-hmm. was no longer flat. It was really more of a round, well, the cells were more of a round shape, round profile, and the case had actually popped open. And so, yeah, the heat in my garage had uh, had puffed this battery to the point of I was Open the amazed case. that uh, it had not yeah. caught my garage on fire. It opened the case. Yeah, it like popped pop the case open. open. Yeah. And I have never seen a lipo as puffy as yeah. that one was. Yeah. It I mean, that like, was scary. Yeah. It looked like if you took a, we'll talk about Ziploc bags again. If you took a Ziploc bag, you know, they come out of the box flat mm-hmm. and you found some way to seal it and put a straw in it so that you can blow in it and blow it up. That's what these cells look like. Found a way to seal it, like zipped it up maybe? Well, zipped it up and then seal it so that you can blow <laughs> into it and have it air not come back out of it. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, okay. You blow it up like a balloon. Like a pillow almost. Yeah, that's yeah. what these look like. Sure did. It was pretty scary. It was uh, not something I wanted to touch. Yeah, so that was that was the first, the first in a, in a, in a long line of, unfortunate of snafus. Unfortunate events. Uh, uh, yeah, a series of unfortunate events. So, okay, I'm like, okay. Ron, I know you used to do cars too. Surely you have a two-cell LiPo laying around. Yep, sure do. Here, I'll put it on the charge real quick. And that one was actually a 5,000 milliamp hour one that I use in the Big Yak. That's why I oh, had that okay. one from. Perfect. I, uh, I always ran three cells with cars. Oh, okay. That's right. You like I didn't that go for any of that slow two-cell <laughs> stuff. Um, so at any rate, cool. You, you come to the rescue. You've got a battery I can use. Great. From the refrigerator. From the refrigerator. Yeah, perfect place for them. Um, so in the process of hooking everything up, I've got fuel in the tank now. Uh, I've double-checked all my connections are good. I'm ready. I'm ready to at least uh, you know get everything primed and light the plugs. And that's where <laughs> everything went wrong. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and call them out. So Sullivan Products... Um, I've been using Sullivan products for as long as I've been decades, flying. centuries. Yeah, you know, they even. make great fuel tanks. They make great hardware. You know, control hardware. They make. They've made so much great stuff over the years, uh, which is why I was confident when I bought this Sato remote, or I'm sorry, this Sullivan remote glow system. I forget what they what they call it, Smart Glow or something, whatever it is, designed for three cylinder glow radials or engines. Uh, so I had no, when I bought this thing, I was super, super happy. You know, Sullivan, they make great stuff. Um, except for this thing. Um, N- hold on. It was still a great item. You'd used it several times. Yeah. However, there was a single design flaw. I mean, let's be honest. That was the only problem with it. Well, that's true. So on the back of the of the of the control unit we'll call it that the um, module the, yeah. yeah on the back uh, there is a, a a spot for you to plug a servo lead into presumably your throttle servo cuz this sort of plugs in line with your throttle channel and controls you to the, you know the on off basically of your glow plugs via the throttle channel in line with your throttle servo so the servo plugs into the back of this module right mm-hmm. uh, very similar to a slot on a receiver Except 
<laughs> a slot on a receiver, the pins that, that actually plug into the servo lead are recessed into the, uh, the case, right? Mm -hmm. So they're not exposed. Like if you should happen to run something metal across it, they're not going to short out. Or if you should set it down on a set metal engine run something. stand. Yeah. So, perhaps. yeah. So the pins, long story short, the pins actually poke out the back of the case on this module. And uh, yeah, while I was plugging everything in, I had this thing resting on my uh, really fancy welded aluminum stand that I made to run this engine and other engines on. Um, so I had it resting, you know, on the back of the case. Which the I would have done too. I would have thought nothing wrong with doing that. And yeah, when I plugged the battery in, actually I had already primed the engine. Mm -hmm. I plugged the battery in and the engine like tried to start like, it was obviously up against compression, yeah. and there was fuel in it. And I plugged this battery in, it lit the plug, and, and the engine tried to start. And I'm like, oh, gosh. And then, of course, I heard, you know, arcing and all kinds of weird things. And that. And for the next minute, I'm like, what the what heck just happened? happened? Yeah. And then when I turned the thing over, then that's when I noticed that these three metal pins poking out of the back of the case that had made contact with my... So in the process, yeah, of plugging... That 7.2, or I'm sorry, 7.4 volt, right? Mm -hmm. Seven, uh, LiPo battery, and it had shorted the plugs and sent all of that volt voltage at probably fairly high amperage, I imagine, uh, to all three of my glow plugs. So not only did it short out the the control module, my onboard, you know, my expensive onboard glow system, it also wiped out three OS <laughs> number F plugs that were in the engine. It actually had melted the coil on Which, one of them. Yeah. Which, I mean, it could not have gone more worse wrong. that day. Because yeah. that was also the day that you ended up, and you did get it running. We, we tried to do something. We're not going to publish it because it is it's terrible. terrible. Um, yeah. But you used three glow plug igniters or nice starters, whatever mm -hmm. you technically want to call them. <laughs> um Glow heaters, and you had it. You had it running fine, yeah. except you didn't have the correct uh, glow plugs to replace all three of them. Well, you I didn't, had the you didn't have plug. new ones. They I just weren't say. good ones. Yeah, yeah, because you like to keep old ones because maybe I'll I'm, use these again, which I yeah, don't understand. I that gotta at get all. past that. But so you had it running with these three nice starters just sticking out haphazardly in every angle, old school, and it looked just terrible. <laughs> but like, here's the thing I didn't understand. And, like, I didn't know this either. With glow plugs, mm -hmm. you have to get the, like, I know you have to use the igniter to get it started. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I just thought the RPM, you know, whatever, would be enough to make enough heat in order to light that glow plug. Since they say, you know, when you take the igniter off, it keeps it lit. I didn't realize you had to actually start it. Mm -hmm over, you know, every time. So I was surprised by how you would have one cylinder burn out or brown out or whatever you call it, mm -hmm. stop firing. And then as soon as you touched it with that igniter, it would just light back up and your RPMs would jump way Several up Several hundred. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, that just, that floored me. I, yeah. I didn't realize that was a thing. Mm -hmm. So the onboard glow igniters for something like that seems like it would be a very good idea. Yeah. And that's why I bought it. Because it was a good idea. And it ran for six minutes. <laughs> and all the years you've had that thing, you've probably got... It probably has maybe 15 minutes of runtime. Maybe. 
Because I've ran it, I've ran it at home a few times, and you know, um, every once in a while I'll get a wild hair to want to hear it run, and I'll take it outside and put it on the stand and run it. But yeah, oh, so now I'm in the market for another, uh, not a Sullivan, but I'm in the market for another uh, three-cylinder or multi-cylinder remote uh, onboard glow. Well, uh, and there's a few out there I can choose from. There are, but I'll be honest, like looking at that one, it seemed complex for what you were getting and and big. Yeah. I mean it wasn't heavy but it was big. Yeah. It's a it's a big panel faceplate. What face yeah, yeah. that you would um, have to mount somewhere. So, I mean maybe it's a blessing in disguise because the ones I'm seeing online now are much more compact and easily hidden inside yeah. the air frame. Hideable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Sullivan one uh Probably looks really cool, you know, mounted on the side of an airplane with this cool little control panel with a set button and an on-off button and all that. But I don't who need wants all to that. see that, though? Yeah. Well, on a SOP with camel, which is what this is going to eventually go into <laughs> right. yeah, sometime in the next decade. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I don't I don't want that panel anywhere. No, because that's a pretty small airplane for what that yeah. panel size so, is. Yeah. So I think one of these, maybe it was a blessing in disguise. I don't know. Um, maybe yeah. one of these other ones will be smaller and I can hide it better. And and actually the one I'm looking at, I can power it with a uh, with an LIFE, which I have several of those extra uh, laying around. So yeah, uh, just all retired, all, retired batteries that would be perfect for a remote glow. Yeah, just all in all a bad. And not only that, but it started raining on us. Yeah. Like the I don't one know. One rain cloud in the county. Like literally. Developed right over your house. Rained well, on us and then dissipated so right over your house. I could hear it far away <laughs> on our neighbor's metal roof. Like we were talking, yeah. I was like, "Shh, hold on." Yeah, listen. You, you shushed me. I was like, "You be, did." Be quiet. Listen, that's rain. Yeah. We need to clean up. So yeah. by the time we got cleaned up, it was raining. Yes. And you know we got everything put in the garage and stuff. And so I got out my phone and I was oh, looking. Gosh, you're gonna go over this too. tiny, tiny little dot right over our house. Yeah. And then what happened? What did I do next? I tore up one of our microphones. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. It was just an expensive day all around <laughs> yeah. for me. Oh, I forgot all about that one. Yeah. yeah so I had the lapel mic that I mm-hmm. that I wear, you know, when we do our, you know, videos, uh, YouTube yeah. videos. And uh, yeah, as I was trying to shimmy past the, the golf cart uh, to come inside out of the rain. Out of the rain. It uh, wasn't yeah. supposed to rain. Yeah. Uh, the cord got caught on something and it yanked the cord right That's out of the end of the funny. microphone. Well, here's hoping next time goes better. Yeah. Right? Well, that's right. Yeah, we'll get all that out of the way now. Hopefully our next few uh, attempts at making YouTube videos will be uh, <laughs> all, you know, all, all, all better. All green. And let's be honest. If that's yeah. the worst thing that happens, we're not in bad shape. For yeah. me especially, because nothing happened to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> this, was, this is out of your pocketbook. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um Hope I'm hoping uh, that uh, uh, Brian up at Dynamic Balsa, you know, one of our one of our big uh, big fans and supporters, he's uh, <laughs> is he a fan? Well, I mean, he says he is. Oh, okay, that's so, fine. I just yeah. don't want you to put like words in his mouth no, or anything. He told me he like, likes this. He likes the show. Oh, yeah, you guys um, are okay. <laughs> hey, that to me that's a fan. Like if if we're doing okay, then we're, we're good. Enough. Mission accomplished, right? I guess. Um, but he's on the lookout for me for a remote glow and uh, and some new glow plugs. Mm. Yeah, that's the other thing. I get to go buy some more glow plugs now, too. Oh, yeah. You got to This is baloney. Get back on your nitro game. Mm. Okay. Anything? So OS number Fs, okay. that's what you need. 
Just number F, huh? Well, the, that's how they're actually packaged. It's the hashtag number sign and then F. Really? Yeah, it's weird. Oh, God. That's as bad as safe or trust or anything like that. Yeah. Okay, it's a letter. But anyway. It's a letter. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, I've aired my grievances, so <laughs> do you feel I, I, I feel I feel a little better. Hopefully, uh, somebody <laughs> out there will, uh, you know, write to us and give us some encouraging words or something. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Pat yourself on the back and <laughs> and pour yourself a. I warm promise. Glass eventually, of milk. we will we will have a a YouTube video of uh, of my Sado ninety three cylinder running and me tuning it. Hopefully, soon. Well, don't say soon. God. Well, and soon could mean months. Right? Oh, okay. I guess it depends how quickly you order parts and get it here. Well, I'm going to order the. I'm going to order a glow, you know, onboard glow system this week sometime. I'm going to find one that I like and okay. make a decision and order, it. and then I have to order some plugs too. All right. So yeah, I'll, I'll get the stuff ordered this week, and you know, maybe we'll get it here in the next couple weeks. All right. Anything else? No. All right, cool. Well, until next time, everybody, thanks for uh, listening to Tom ramble about all his <laughs> all his misgivings and things that have happened and, and all that. And, hey, uh, maybe our next podcast will be upbeat as opposed to this uh, me airing of grievances. And... Maybe next time I'll have balsa. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I joke. That's it's a not, good one. It's not going to happen. Uh, you know, <laughs> pigs could fly. Could. Never know. <laughs> all right. Until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Tom. Good night. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.